Hello, my name is Stephen. Yeah, he's um he's Neil Morrissey's brother. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So if um if you're a fan of men behaving badly or the focus do it all ads from the early two thousands, then um just know that Morrissey is Neil Morrissey's brother. And you know what's weird is that neither of them were originally called Morrissey. Both of them independently came up with the stage name Morrissey. Hmm. Well, isn't isn't Morrissey's real name Stephen Morrissey? Yeah, no, no, it's just, that's just a stupid joke. Oh, okay, right, right, right. I see. <laughs> sim- sim- simply, simply riffing on the idea of Neil Morrissey and Stephen Morrissey being brothers, but their original first name is not Morrissey. Last okay. name is not Morrissey. Oh, because I could believe that Neil Morrissey is like you know, like an equity type situation where yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just thought it was funny that they're they're like they're brothers and their real last name is something else, and then they mm. both separately chose the stage name. Morrissey. They wanted to keep the same name. Yeah, I'm Stephen Morrissey. I was in a comedy show with Martin Clunes. We both have the same voice because of genetics. <laughs> to die by your side, Leslie Ash. <laughs> Les- <laughs> Leslie Ash is the one who had like the botched plastic surgery, isn't she? she in the is, early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Trout Pout Leslie Ash. Yeah. Back oh, before filler was fashionable, you know. Before you could just get it done, you know, reasonably reliably by a, a man with a B tech at the back of a hair salon. Um,. You know, you had to go and pay thousands upon thousands of pounds to have it botched. I can't remember who it was. It was one of the one of the big supermodels had um had some kind of They're all pretty big. Not like physically large. They're <laughs> 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 I mean, they're all you know, they're all they're all Mary in a height. Campbell, she's massive. Huge, look at her. <laughs> Amazonian. Look at her, clopping around like a Clydesdale. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Mike Elaine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. I can't. I can't remember which one it was. She. Uh. Who had like a kind of under the chin sort of jaw procedure, which was a kind of very very common procedure. Mm-hmm. But just like one out of every thousand people or whatever mm-hmm. who have this procedure, it just like goes wrong and like oh. calcifies and gives you this like giant neck. <laughs> I've got, I've got a case of giant neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's you like... You to go and live in Great Neck, New York. I don't think there's anything you can do about it either. It's like, it's, it's awful. Oh, oh dear. It's like the, the business with the, with, the, with the laser eye stuff. That like, mm. most people, it's absolutely fine. And then like, a, a smallish percentage, but not a completely negligible one, uh, has, their, has their eyes just like, permanently blurred. Like, uncorrectably. Oh. Permanently blurred. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> that would be your response as well. You wake up from yeah. your LASIK, and you and you literally just can't see anything. Oh no! Yeah, that's like that's like. Well, I wouldn't even notice for a bit because I wake up from any sleep with blurred vision. Yeah, now. that's a fun. That's a fun little thing for me. Is every morning I wake up and for the first ten minutes just can't just can't see. Is that part of your eye thing? I don't know. It's all it's all mixed in there. I don't. Know. It's like I, I get and now I have like really like dry eyes, and I wake up in the morning, and then to to borrow a line from Pierre Novelli, my eyes are like Ferrero Rocher in their sockets. 
Um, poor bastard. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not ideal. This is this is what your Patreon money is going on. It's going on <laughs> me sorting out my um, you know desiccated eyes. I can tell I can tell you right away what your uh, what your Patreon money is going on for me is uh I've been buying buy, buying up items from the from the Lana Skims collection. Oh okay. I thought you were going to be like little tiny shoes for a baby. I, I can imagine you going really hog on the tiny shoes. I mean. Let's be honest, we are going to get lots of little tiny shoes, but we're not doing them yet because of superstition. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, we're definitely in the market for little tiny shoes. Yeah. If but, anyone wants uh, to... Yeah, wanted wants... baby shoes, yeah. preferably unworn. If, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, ideally unworn. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, yeah sad, the saddest story. For, for sale, baby shoes, baby didn't like them. Yeah, for sale, baby shoes, too gaudy. Given to us by a kind but uh, ill-informed aunt. Baby shoes, bit tacky. Yeah, for sale. Baby shoes. Haven't got a baby. <laughs> not sure. Not sure why we bought these. I mean, uh, they were just really sweet. <laughs> we just thought they were really cute. My, my wife was adamant she'd be able to get them on. I was like, look, no one's saying you're not petite, but they're baby shoes. Baby shoes. Um, yeah, we're selling them because. These are, I don't know, these are kind of, we sort of associate these with the fuck boys. These are the fuck boy vans. <laughs> oh, God. Shoe. Baby baby shoe vans is so, A, something that definitely exists. And also... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. They're adorable. Yeah. I regret to inform you they are adorable. Oh, I don't know. A bit cursed. I don't want to have a Grebo child. Well, they wouldn't be a Grebo child. Not, not now. No, you can't. No, but there's something about, actually, I don't even mind vans that much if you're an adult but it's something about putting them on a baby well babies don't like wearing shoes anyway they hate them yeah it's like getting a baby like a i don't know like a like a bmw t-shirt or something it's like don't don't it don't enforce your your peccadilloes onto onto a newborn onto a tabula rasa child you know well, first you you of might all, be a fallout boy fan but let's not drag them into it first of all that's the whole point of having a baby in the first place it's so that you right, can yeah. enforce the enforce your peccadillos they say that babies imprint on you but really you imprint on them yeah you're like right exactly. here's what's up exactly um i was you gonna had a say fallout boy because you're gonna i was gonna say something about that i don't think that i don't think the vans are associated with the fallout boy anymore <laughs> i feel like i just think a... that's a really funny and specific thing to associate them with <laughs> I think vans were always a broader church than Fallout yeah. Boy vans, to, to be fair. But I feel like someone is wearing, particularly, you know, like the, the elasticated vans, not the lace-up vans. Yeah. Yeah, the, elasti- the elasticated checkerboard vans. If you're wearing those in, in big 2024, I think you might potentially be a Fallout Boy fan. <laughs> you're or, certainly living in the past. Or you might simply be 40, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's overlap. There's overlap. There is a <laughs> like significant, a significant overlap. Sugar, sugar, we're going down. A song about taking your insulin because <laughs> you've got you've got type two diabetes in middle age. I really can't join in with this. I I probably couldn't name a single Fallout Boy song. <laughs> that that surprises me. You're normally pretty good on on you know music of the two thousands. Yeah. Well. I found out. I found out the other day, or rather, I confessed the other day mm. that um, despite 
being very aware of of the whole the whole situation because of kind of cultural osmosis. Yeah. I have never heard so much as a single track off White Pony by the Deftones. Not one. Oh. That's surprising. Not one. Yeah. Wasn't really my sort of thing. I was very I was like around people who it was their sort of thing. But it wasn't mine. It was not my vibe. It's not my vibe. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Don't know what's, I'm, not, I'm, I'm hardly like to start now. You can't get into the Deftones in 2024. That's not something no, that's allowed. You can't. I, no. I think that's 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 just not that's just not something that's allowed. Not unless not unless you're um you know on TikTok or something. In all fairness, we do need to uh, we do need to get quite a lot of baby stuff, and it is really expensive. So uh, lads on the Patreon, please <laughs> please do consider that. It's so expensive, baby stuff. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It is pricey. Like, That's like and they grow out of it. That's the thing about babies. They're always getting bigger. Yeah. It's their whole. Th- yeah. It's their whole thing. But like the yeah, because like bit like the the baby shoes. They're just like cute things that you get for a baby. Babies don't like wearing shoes. They don't like it. They, they they they'll they'll do anything they can to like to get rid of them. Well, no. Well, they see the shoe as an axis of oppression, and they're not wrong. No, they're completely correct. Like, ba- like baby shoes are like, uh, they're they're like a they're like they're like they're like funerals. They're not really for the baby. They're for yeah, the yeah, people yeah. around the baby. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 a vehicle for the emotions of the people surrounding the baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're a conduit. Be they um, Fallout Boy fans or otherwise. It, well, ex- well, exactly. And Fallout Boy fans have a lot of emotions. They do. I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't. Yeah. I well, they're going down swinging. I you honestly know. couldn't tell you. Wait, hang on. Who did? Uh, thanks for the memories. Is I that? that may, I think boy? that may have been. Yeah. Is that? Well, then I know one Fallout Boy song. Let me. I've I've googled Fallout Boy songs. Yeah. Sugar, we're going down. Dance, no. dance. No. Thanks for the memories. Oh yeah, the, the the song "Thanks for the Memories" has no vowels in it. Yeah. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, prefiguring, um, uh, you know the the startup <laughs> name culture. Yeah, this ain't this ain't a scene. It's a goddamn arms race. Um, Uma Thurman. I didn't know they did a song called Uma Thurman. Oh yeah, they did a cover of "Beat It" by Michael Jackson. A song called "Grand Theft Autumn." <laughs> Grand Theft Autumn is a fucking great name for a song. That's very funny. <laughs> Hold me like a grudge. That's from twenty twenty three. Like Do you hold a grudge? I feel like you bear a grudge. You can hold a grudge. Mm. I think so. Yeah, I reckon so. I think like bearing a grudge is for when you want the grudge to be fancy. Mm. Okay, interesting. Hold that grudge. I'll be there in a minute. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's Fallout Boy. Um, hold, me hello. Like a, hold me like a grudge is, is straying into Morrissey. We're straying back into Morrissey Hold territory. me like a grudge. Hold me like a grudge. My name and is Morrissey. Hello and welcome to Masters of Our Domain, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld fucked my mother when I was a boy. Hi, I'm Marlowe, but someone who's never seen Seinfeld. And I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says, although usually not quite in that voice. And <laughs> this week, you've you've picked up on this, but there's no there's no guest. Um, we are talking about Seinfeld season nine, episode 
I, I, the name of the episode is The Slicer, but I'm now, I'm now looking up the episode number. It's episode seven. Mm. Episode seven, The Slicer. Um, this was a good one. Yeah, and um, it's got Marcia Cross in it. One of my another another Desperate Housewives alumna. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's a kind of it's a prelumna. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. A a, a putative, a putative, a budding desperate housewife. A desperate housewife in her pupa stage. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the larval phase of the desperate housewife. <laughs> <laughs> and um and looking great. Honestly, the the de- the desperate the, the putative desperate housewives are two for two on being hot Seinfeld girlfriends in my age. In my view, no. I don't, I, I don't know if uh, Eva Longoria ever. I think too young. Plays a Seinfeld. She's probably too, probably too young. But yeah. she is the, but she is the, I think the uh, desperate housewife. Yeah, in a way, oh, Eva. Mm, I don't know. I think actually, in terms of um, like faces I associate with desperate housewives, I think Marcia Cross is the one. Oh no! I just Not... mean the hot. I just mean the hottest one. Oh right, yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, I think mm. I'm a woman of basic tastes. Yeah, the young, the young Terry Hatcher is still edging it for me. Yeah, but young yeah. Terry Hatcher is not in Desperate Housewives. She's already started to have lots of weird stuff done mm. to her face yeah, by the Desperate true. Housewives by her by her moth phase. Moth phase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you leave the light on, and Terry Hatcher will fly into Just your house. Which, smack into the I bulb. Mean, honestly, what a dream. <laughs> All you had to do to get Terry Hatcher to visit your house at night was leave the light on. You'd be you call me call me Charlie from Busted because I'm sleeping with the light on. <laughs> is, there, is is there a Busted song called Sleeping with the Light On? Uh, fuck it is. There uh, fuck there? it is. I, again, I'm surprised you don't know this. Um, no, I was never a Busted. I was never a Busted fan. Um, I am surprised. Um, God, they did a cover of Mbop. Hmm. Yeah, Sleeping with the Light on 2002. Why are you... Well, like in, like, in 2002, I was, like, deep into my, into my, like, misfits and anti-flag phase. There's not a chance I'd have... I'd have liked Busted at that period of time. Anti, anti-flag. Wait, you did any flag? Don't show it to me. You were like a bull. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And this is what people don't realize about Anti Flag that it was a band made up of bulls. Mm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, they did. They really had some classics busted. Look at this. Year three thousand. Crash the wedding. What I go to school for? Who's David? Um, something I... called Thunderbird Targo, <laughs> which I do not recall. I I recall I recall Year three thousand obviously because that's a that's a that's an all timer. That's an all time classic. She said, I've been to the year three. They covered Teenage Kicks. Yeah. That was a bit of a rule in the early aughts. Everyone had to cover Teenage Kicks. It was a kind of uh, sort of sort of sacrifice to Moloch. And it's not and it's not acceptable to be honest with you. Yeah. And and Air Hostess, of course. A song about coming in your pants on a short haul flight. What the fuck are you talking about? Do you not know that song? <laughs> no. Air hostess, I like the way you dress. You know, I hate to fly, but I feel much better occupying my mind writing you a love letter. 
This is like when we started telling um, Riley about the song Peaches by Presidents of the USA and he thought that you and I were both making it up and I'm like, what, Phoebe and I have just made up two <laughs> verses of a song independently, like like at, on the cuff, off the cuff at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think it's surprising that he's never that he's never heard Peaches. Yeah. I bet he's never heard Air Hostess by Busted either. Well, al- al- almost, almost certainly not. Who was it that Riley's never heard of the other day? Jarvis Maybe. Cocker. No, it wasn't Jarvis Cocker. First I'm hearing of Jarvis Cocker, a classic Riley line. How, how is that even? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is not something we need to. Not something we need to dig into. It all started because I was telling him that um, uh, Common People is about Yanis Varoufakis's <laughs> wife. Yeah. And then he was just like, "What's Common People?" And I was like, "The song that's playing right now." And he was like, "I've never heard this before." And I'm like, "How have you never heard this before?" Then I'm see, like, that, see, that's more surprising than never having heard yeah. Air Hostess by Busted. And then I was like, it's by Pulp. And he's like, who's Pulp? And I'm like, well, it's Jarv- Jarvis Cocker. And he's like, who's Jarvis Cocker? And I'm like, Jarvis Cocker, the guy who mooned Michael Jackson at the VMAs in like 2003 or whatever. It and wasn't like, the VMAs. It was the Brit Awards and it was in like 95. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, he, maybe. and then he was like, what? And then I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, he was being chased around the stage by security doing a sort of like gangly, spooky run. It was very funny. And then he's just, and then he just said, this is the first I'm hearing of Jarvis Cocker, which was a great line. To be fair to Riley, he does come out with an absolute belter on occasion. How has he never heard common people? Crazy. Living in the UK, being on Twitter, wild. But that is, you know, that is Riley's genius. He, um, he's insulated from pop culture. He is insulated. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Well, there you go. Um. Yeah. yeah uh. Like, and, and I know what uh, I know what I go to school for, obviously. But the but yeah. the, the rest. Surprised their hostess was a, It was a. It was a hit. It was. Um. That's one of those. That's an interesting bit of like generational gap there because I feel like anyone my age would know. You just you'd have yeah, to. Yeah, because you'd be, like, you'd be shot if you didn't. Well, like. And it's not even because it's good. You're making it sound like I'm five thousand years old. Like, <laughs> no, I, I've, I, I've always associated Busted with being like for like younger teenagers as well. Mm. Like, I probably would have thought I was a bit too grown up for Busted. Wait, 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 wait. The song was inspired by flight attendants, which Busted saw while on tour. The B sides, Mummy Trade, Peaches, and Let It Go, did not appear on any release. The, the B side of Air Hostess was a cover of Peaches by the Presidents of the USA. Fuck off! No, <laughs> that, that this cannot, is that fuck. cannot be right. Yeah. This is no, no, no. I'm fucking, fucking Dan Brown now. This Christopher is Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is like the interconnected uh, beauty of all things. You know, like yeah. we can't always see the pattern, but it's there. But the pattern is there. Wow, that is crazy. Um, <laughs> so this episode was... <laughs> was yeah. Hang on, uh, hang on, sorry. The music video was filmed at the Imperial War Museum, Duxford. <laughs> it features the band spying on two female flight attendants and illegally boarding Concorde. <laughs> the line, I messed my pants when we flew over France, was edited out when the video was shown during the daytime. That was the, that was the line I was referring to about coming, coming in your pants. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I don't think that is in. I don't think that is entirely, uh, entirely clear, in the in the text. He could have shit himself. Yeah, that's true. And that, to be fair, would probably be more alarming in a Concorde scenario. All of all of all of it's fairly alarming. I don't think I don't think Buster should have been allowed to cover Peaches mm. by. 
No, someone should have stepped in. To the United States. Someone should have stepped in. I reckon they're not the first guys to come in their pants on Con- Con- Concord. Can you imagine? There's a certain type of uncle who, you know, given the chance to go on Concord, would probably become very aroused. And not because of the air hostess. Just because of how fast it is. Yeah, just, you know, like the kind of uncle who, because it, because it was the 80s, you know, they didn't officially have autism. But looking back on it, mm. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that was a diagnosis. <laughs> that guy had a lot of pictures of Concord. I guess I also think it's a shame that they stopped, they stopped doing Concord flights. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, well, they did, they did have a propensity to explode. But other than that, it was a pretty really? cool plane. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It it had a lot of like crashes and catching fire on the runway and um. Well, that is not ideal. I, I will I will accept that. Yeah, but although you know, in fairness, a lot of the people who were killed were French, so we cannot say. Uh, the uh, the official position of Masters about Dumaine does not <laughs> advocate the deaths of the French. That was a jape. That was a uh, a, a lampoon. Um. Yeah. So yeah, this episode. So this episode was broadcast on. Mm. Hang on. It was broadcast on the thirteenth of November, nineteen ninety-seven. Where mm. were you, Milo, on the thirteenth of November, nineteen ninety-seven? Um, being, being I like would have five been years old, probably. More or less, exactly four and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, November nineteen ninety-seven. Um, wait, what Learning day again? Read? Maybe. Yeah. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. That would have been um, yeah, for, for exactly two weeks before. No, exactly one. Fuck. Why can I not? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> wow, I've lost it. Yeah, two two weeks before my sister's birthday. So you'd have been what, getting prepared. Oh yeah, potentially potentially wearing a pair of yeah. Wellingtons that had little frogs' faces on. I yeah, imagine. possibly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, again, we've been let down by the uh, on this day in history mm. uh, website that informs me that uh, the notable event on the thirteenth of November, nineteen ninety-seven, was uh, the Lion King opens at the New Amsterdam Theatre in New York City. I tell you what, it is a lot of um, it's a lot of like theatrical openings, isn't it? The on this day in history. Yeah. Is this being curated by some kind of theatre kid? Yeah, I feel like there's some kind of agenda going on here. You you put in like September eleventh, two thousand and one, and it's like the opening of the musical Chicago on Broadway was delayed on this day. It was postponed by two weeks on account of your sister's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Of course. Yeah. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen the the musical of the Lion King? Mm, you know what I have. Have you? Um, but I was so small. I saw it at Sadler's Wells Theatre whenever it was. Well, you could probably carbon date this by whenever whenever the Lion King was on at Sadler's Wells Theatre. That's when I saw it. Um, well, let me have a look at on this on the notable days in history. Um, but I, you know, the weirdest thing is I'd never seen the cartoon. That yeah, that is that is that is weird. So how come you saw it? And I remember we went with like family friends. It was like there were like other children involved. Um, mm. and I remember going. And I remember I have like one vivid memory from like the lobby. And I remember getting something from the gift shop, like a like a Lion King pen or something. <laughs> a classic. Classic being a small child, just being like, yeah, just an item. I want an item. 
Yeah. Um, well, you, you say that, I, I would probably get an item now. Yeah. I have no memory of the performance whatsoever. No, can't yeah. even remember being in the theatre. Can't remember anything of that. All I remember is being in the lobby and getting the pen. Do you still have the pen? I don't think so. Well, I might, you know, that there are like, there are a few uh, sort of containers of just like early-ish childhood toys kicking about somewhere in, in the house. Mm. And it could be in one of those. You know, it's one of was those. It, was it a Milo pen or was it just a Lion King pen? No, no, it was a sort of a generic. I think I mean my memory of the pen is quite vague I have more of a memory of kind of standing there holding it in the in the lobby of the because you know when you're a kid and like everyone's so much taller than you so you sort of inhabit this like nether world like around everyone's thighs yeah or 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 still (laughs) (laughs) yeah or or still yeah (laughs) yeah yes I do remember that like like, because because also you've got to remember as well that not only was I a, a very small very small kid. I was also an extremely short-sighted kid, which was um, not which was not noticed until I was, um, I don't know, kind of five or like five or six. So um, they were like, "Is she trying to get a PhD in ancient history?" I'm not sure. That's a wise move. <laughs> <laughs> She's not thought this through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre- yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, and uh, yeah, no one. Um, or rather, no, not 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 that no one spotted it. It was more that just, I just. Well, you certainly weren't going to. That's true. That's true. Um, but it did mean that I was like extremely like having been like quite a kind of sturdy and mm. a sturdy and kind of tough kind of ch- kind of child. I was like very very suddenly, like very kind of nervous about uh being being like being like out and about because. Um, if you are a short, if you are a small, short-sighted child, there is nothing worse than than the fucking school playground because everywhere looks the same. It's this kind of undifferentiated sort of tarmac square, and then like everywhere there are these like kind of fuzzy shapes that you can't really make out until they've already kind of pot sort of kind of plowed into you. Um, Love and, a fuzzy uh, shape. I, I, I absolutely hated the fuzzy shapes. It was the it was like the worst the, the, the worst thing in the world. Uh, mm. Yeah, and then, and then like that that bit in um, worked out that I couldn't see the bit in Arrested Development where Buster meets a woman when he's not got his glasses on, and then it's like, yeah, I've got a girlfriend now, and they're like, well, you don't know anything about this woman. You couldn't even have your glasses on. He's like, well, I know that she's a brownish area with points yeah, with points. Yeah, this is that's literally what it was like for me being four. And being suddenly kind of catapulted into the school playground, <laughs> it's it, it, that is really fascinating because it's like on the on the one hand it's quite it's quite sort of like uh, you know it's like oh like imagining being like a sort of four year old and being like kind of a bit a bit you know trepidatious because you can't you can't see properly, but also in the position of being a four year old, so not really knowing that that's not normal either. Yeah, like I had no idea that I couldn't see. I thought yeah. this was what everyone saw. <laughs> So sort of being, by the same token, less bothered by it. Yeah, but also like just a God, bit this kind is of tricky. Like not like kind of like ultra like ultra anxious or like ultra upset, but just a bit kind of like, huh? This is a this is a new this is like a new way of this is a new way of being, and I'm not sure I care. I'm not sure I care mm. for it. And um, and then it was and then it was discovered when um at like a parents' evening or something, um, my. My my teacher said to my mum and dad, like, um, 
something that's really interesting about Phoebe is that if she is at the front of the class and you ask her a question, she always knows the answer. And if she is at the back, she never knows the answer. Um, and my parents at first thought that they were that she was sort of making a kind of comment about my like about my kind of like social my kind of social behaviour. And and they said, so, oh, what, yeah, what do you mean by that? What are you trying to say about our, about our precious perfect child? And then my teacher was like, yeah, no, if she's at the back, I think that it's that she, I think she can't read what's on the board. And my dad's all bristles and like, she can read. She came to school able to read. Thank you very much. And, and my teacher was like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. I mean, I think she literally cannot see what is on the board. Have you thought about getting her, getting her eyes, getting her eyes tested? So please put the e damn shaver down. There's no need for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and obviously, obviously I'll shave you. <laughs> I will. I will. Sh- I will shave. I will shave you into the thinnest pieces. So help me. And there um, we are, perfectly segueing. Perfectly segueing. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have never seen. I have never seen the Lion King. Uh, because I don't believe in uh, royalty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they're, they're, at the end of the day, the lions are monarchists. So. Okay, the lions are monarchists, and how are the other? How are the other creatures of the plain possibly meant to uh, meant to trust the lion, uh, the lion hereditary monarchy to have their best interests at heart? Yeah, yeah. can they? Uh, can they uh, claim to have uh, all that pride when they follow yeah. a hereditary monarch? Yeah, it's not very proud of you, is it? Yeah. Because he's not even wearing boots, he's got paws. They were having to construct a sort of rudimentary boot of the kind that a lion would be able to make without opposable thumbs, just in order to lick it. I quite like the idea of a lion boot. <laughs> I think that's nice. There we go, the lion boot. There's a there's a, a follow up for you, a sequel. The lion boot. Yeah. Lion uh, boot. But yeah, mentioning my mentioning my dad's. Uh, Cheese shaver is actually is a is a really good segue. Well yeah. done. You're very welcome. So George Costanza, um, and and this is the only bit of the episode that I didn't fully understand. Um, we have a we have a we have a, we do have a cold open as oh, yeah. well, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is Elaine having a having yeah, a, all in anxiety bed. having an anxiety dream mm-hmm. um, about where she is where she is sharing sharing a bed with the. With the whole, with the whole gang, yeah, kinky. It is kinky. They're all naked too. They are all naked. You can tell. Mm. Yeah. So what did so? Uh, the reason uh, I like this episode, I like this episode a lot. It um, it's got lots of kind of snap, 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 all clicking into place mm. stuff, and it's a really, really good Costanza episode. I think so. So yeah, yeah. Do you start. Do you want to start with him? So yeah, yeah. Costanza's plotline was the only one that I didn't fully understand so he's okay. got he's got this new job working for a man called kruger yeah kruger industrial smoothing kruger industrial smoothing yeah um not known for, known for his rand um and uh yeah he he's working there and there's a photo on his boss's desk which is of like his boss and his family but it's yeah. got him in it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. I, this, and, and he wants to remove himself from this photo because he's worried that his boss will figure out that he is the man in the photo. And I clearly missed something important at the beginning. But just yeah, like, no, no, you missed something important. Th- throughout watching the episode, I was like, <laughs> d- d- has George like fucked this man's <laughs> wife or something? Like, why does he need yeah, to remove no, no, himself no, no, from no, this no, photo? No, no. Okay, so so the, uh, 
the reason that the reason that Costanza is in this photo, and it's like, and it's 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 such a beautiful piece of of visual humor when he's in this interview, and it's gone, and he and the, the and and the guy is is saying like, well, we need someone, so I don't know, whatever. Um, and Costanza is delighted because he has finally found he's finally found a, a company which is like kind of dysfunctional enough to mm. to hire him and to let him go. And to let him go totally kind of hog, like sort of hog wild. So he notices that he is in the background of this, of this family photograph taken on the beach. And he's kind of, and mm. he's kind of, he's, 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 he's really kind of sort of, you know, smirking into, smirking into the lens. And we, and I think what you missed is the, is the short scene afterwards where he's explaining to Jerry what's happened here, which is that some years before Costanza was involved in something that he know that he calls the boombox incident. Right. Which is he is on a he's on a beach and he think and he comes out of the sea and all of his stuff is missing. So he okay. thinks that the family on the next blanket, who is Kruger's family, mm-hmm. have stolen all of his stuff. Right. And so he starts yelling at them mm-hmm. and then he takes the kids back boombox and throws it into the sea in revenge classic yeah and so Kruger's yelling at him the kids are yelling at him they're trying to get him to like replace the boombox and then he sees his stuff floating out to sea and realizes that the sea just that the sea has just taken it away and uh. it's nothing and it's nothing to do with the kids but what he doesn't want is because he doesn't want his chance to work at a truly dysfunctional company to pass him by. So he's worried that if Kruger recognizes him because his memory is jogged because there's a fucking photo of him on his desk, yeah. that he will remember that he threw his son's boombox in the ocean. And then he'll industrially smooth him. And then he'll industrially smooth him, which is the like honestly like it's the last thing you want. I don't want to. Yeah. Be, I don't want to be smoothed by an amateur, let alone by an industrial standard. Well, it's what Leslie Ash had done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish it, I could remember who it was that got the that had the had the weird neck thing. I like is it like what happens is like it's like it, it's like something crystallizes, like oh. and it sort of stiffens around like the cartilage. It it's might like have you. been it might have been Linda Evangelista, you know. Linda Evangelista, who is that? Oh. One of the big supermodels, one of the largest ones. Bomb, 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 bomb. Um, She's one of the biggest supermodels. Oh, there's. A, I tell you what, there's a lot of photos of her wearing turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be onto something. Yeah, poor woman. It was really, it was really, yeah, really awful. I always, yeah, I always find like, like botched cosmetic procedures just that I they, they they really give me a kind of a sort of unpleasant feeling around the spine. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm seeing here. Yeah, yeah, like she's, yeah, um, yeah, very, um, very striking looking younger woman. It's quite, a, quite a sort of strange looking older woman. I mean, like neck, neck aside. I can't really picture what she looks like. As not, as I'm not sure if there is anything wrong with the neck. You know, I don't know. But there are, <laughs> there are quite a lot of photos of her in turtlenecks. If you remember which big supermodel it is, and we are yeah. going to need to hear the. The height measurement after, just so that we can we are we are we can verify the size of the supermodel. Yeah, it's not it's not giving her her height. Um, one point seven seven meters. So she's getting on. She's getting on for six foot. 
Yeah, pretty big. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put in Linda Linda Evangelista neck. Uh, Linda Evangelista shares photos of her body since fat freezing nightmare. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a fat freezing nightmare. Face uh, drawn neck were covered. Wow, so she's yeah. done hiding. Left her brutally disfigured. Oh my god. How yeah, awful. yeah, no, no, it's really awful. And apparently, like, this is something which can... She's been living in seclusion for five years. I mean, I know this is a sad story, but describing yourself as living in seclusion for five years is quite funny. As though you're like a monk or something. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's how the, mon- the first monastery got, got established. Mm. There was just this sort of one, like, the, like the, you know what the tonsure is? The tonsure is, the exa- is an example of the first botched cosmetic surgery. Mm. And, so, and so off they went. Into a big stone building, saying like, "I've got to go into seclusion because I've done this mad thing to my hair." Within three months after her treatment, she started noticing bulges at her chin, thighs, and bra area. Yeah, like it's like it's 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 really Grew weird. It's like one of those things where it, where it can just like happen, mm. and there's sort of no way of knowing. Like like nine times out of ten, it's not going to. And then every so often, they're just like, you know what? Your body's just going to react to this procedure and there's nothing that can be done about it. Mm. Yeah, that would be a nightmare. I'm surprised you've never heard of Linda Evangelista because... No, I've heard the name before and, and her face does look a bit familiar, but um, yeah, she's just not, yeah, not particularly on my radar. Just not really on your radar. But she's not, I'm not like Riley with Jarvis Cocker. I'm not like, what on earth are you talking about? The name, the name does ring a bell. It sounds familiar. Good. <laughs> But Jarvis Cocker's never had any fat frozen. He's a very, he's a very lean man. He's a very lanky man. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, George's spotlight is basically he's trying to replace this photo with an edited version. Then he takes it to like Snappy Snaps or whatever, and they they edit George out. Sorry, no, they edit the, the, they edit Kruger out by mistake yeah. and leave George in it. Yeah. And he's like, well, why would you do that? And then the guy's like, oh, I didn't recognize you. You've lost a lot of hair. And he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says, "You, yeah, you told me, you told me to take you out because Kruger is also bald." And mm. uh, and <laughs> George is like, "No, no, no, that wasn't that wasn't me." And he says, "And there's a kind of running running bit where people say, God, you lost a lot of hair.'" Yeah, but but also whilst whilst um, Kruger and George don't look anything like each other. Yeah, but that I think that's I think that's what makes it even funnier. To yeah. be honest with you, that they don't look anything like each other, and. Yeah, so Costanza says, okay, you need to put him back. And the guy in the shop, like, draws a picture and made, puts it and Played puts by Daniel Von Bargen, R.I.P. Sorry? Uh, Kruger was played by Daniel Von Bargen. Who's Daniel Von Bargen? The, well, the man who played Kruger. He died in 2015. Oh. He was only uh, 65. Oh. Um, he's played Mr. Kruger on Southwood, and he played, I knew I recognised him from somewhere, Edwin Spangler on Malcolm in the Middle. Who's Edwin He's the like um there's like a like the, the Malcolm in the Middle kids they go to a school where like the the head teacher is like an an army man or something and that and that's played by him. I can't remember. Oh no, maybe it's um the oldest brother, the one who's played by um Francis, the hot one. Yeah, yeah, who's play, who's played by the the gay actor from How I Met Your Mother, whose name ah, I forget. Ah, it's not him. Is it not him? I know who you mean, but it's not him. Yeah. Oh, okay. He looks. He looks. He looks really similar. It's a similar yeah, yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, him. okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he is at like a military school at some point or something like that. And I think this is the guy in charge of that. Why do you know so much about Malcolm in the Middle? 
I mean, I watched it when I was, you know, at the appropriate age, but I I now actually can't um can't remember. What can't you remember? Um well I can't I can't remember the details, <laughs> you know? Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Oh, he was in Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Star and Super Troopers. Can you repeat the question? That yeah. is uh my Joke Morrissey voice doing the theme tune of Malcolm in the Middle. There you go. The move to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country. Peaches come in a can, they will put their bioman in a factory (laughs) downtown. If I had my little way. I think the less mm. our impressions sound like Morrissey, the uh, the more personally tickling I'm finding it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I suspect that might not be I've the case. I've forgotten what Morrissey sounds like, listeners. to be honest with you. He's much more kind of bombastic. Mm. Yeah, especially when you get get him started on immigrants or gender. Yeah, um, he gets, then he gets really bombastic. Yeah. Um, not, not in a fun way. <laughs> so yeah, Costanza. Basically, the the upshot of Costanza's plotline is he decides that he needs to get a replacement photo of um, Kruger in a uh, in a shirtless, so that yeah. he can get him sort of photoshopped in. W- why the man permanently doctored the original photo rather than a copy? I do not know. That's the nineties. It is the nineties. So yeah, and basically this also, this then you wouldn't times. you wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to make a copy without the negative. Surely you could like scan it and copy it that way. Not not to not to a high not to a high enough resolution. Not in nineteen ninety seven. I wouldn't have thought so. Mm, I don't know. Write write in if you've got a lot of knowledge of um, photographic reproduction techniques from that era. Yeah, no, really do because that's a really really fascinating thing to know a lot about. Yeah, yeah, um, and um, yeah. So this do- this dovetails with um, Jerry's storyline, where he is da- he is dating um, a Greek American dermatologist. Um, Ella, <laughs> Ella is a Marcia Cross. So one day, one day, I'm going to be in a desperate housewives. She's got a, she's got a great face as Marcia Cross. She looks like a mm. she looks like an eagle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very aquiline. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I, think I, I mean, be- I think she was the best. I, I think she was the, she was the best one. She was the most interesting of the yeah. housewives. Desperate I can't remember much about the characters of the Desperate Housewives. The big thing I remember about Brie, for that is her character's mm, name. Yeah, Brie Vanderkamp. Yeah, Brie Vanderkamp in Desperate Housewives is that there's a, is that there is one is that there is one season when she is when she is expecting a babby and what they do on American TV is they do the, well, they, like they did with Elaine, they do the weird thing mm. with the, with the giant bag or always carrying something, the great big dress, etc. Um, but Brie, uh, Brie uh, Vanderkamp or Marsha Cross, if you prefer, got mm. like absolutely just like massive, massive jugs when she was, when she was expecting. So classic. So every scene that she is in in this one series, they're just like surging over her dress like a kind of 
like a kind of monster whale, like trying to trying to take down a ship. Mm. And it's the only way you can tell because they just like they they basically just stop filming her from kind of like the sort of, sort of the, the kind of the mid section down. But just mm. every so often she appears, and then they're just like there, kind of woom woom woom. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. A hell of a, a hell of a woman is old Marcy Cross. She's a hell of a woman. In another in another instance of um the great the great interlinking uh, gossamer web of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst I was clicking through Google images of um of Marcy Cross, honourable mention to a picture of her holding two babies, which I presume are her babies, but she looks very uncomfortable holding them in a way that makes it seem as though they've given her two babies <laughs> for the purposes of a photo shoot. Um, well, maybe that maybe if you're famous, they give you dummy babies. Maybe. So the, <laughs> there aren't all these kind of paparazzi shots of the babies. I then clicked through to another image, and this is where we get into the gossamer web that links all things, which mm-hmm. is because it's an image of her and her husband on a red carpet somewhere. And the headline underneath says, Marcia Cross says her anal cancer is linked to HPV and husband's throat cancer. Um, long-term listeners of this podcast <laughs> will be familiar with our obsession with Michael Douglas's statement that he got yeah throat cancer from eating too much pussy so is marcia cross suggesting that her husband got throat cancer from eating too much ass i suspect that that's what we're saying i mean i'm I'm very i mean that that that, that both of those sound like very unpleasant illnesses to have although i I think they're both healthy and well now Mm -hmm. so we can we can have a little chuckle it's not like a macabre chuckle um uh but um yeah the (laughs) I don't know. HPV really is the sort of um, it does it does it does make for a comedic celebrity art- article from time to time. We can say that. <laughs> what does the human papilloma virus? <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So there you go. Get your get your get your jab. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the official master <laughs> medical <laughs> advice. If it's possible for you to get an HPV jab, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead get, get, your, get your jab so that Bill Gates can control your anus. Um, and your and your cervix mainly. Yeah, that's the, and, that, and your throat. That, that's what that's what Gates yeah. has really got his eye on. Yeah, the world's services. The gateway to the uterus. Mm. Gates wants to be in charge. Yeah, well, just any kind of gate. He just wants yeah. to. He want he wants a kind of worldwide monopoly on the gate. Yeah. Why do you think they called it Windows? Because the cervix is the is the window to the uterus. <laughs> it's the window to the uterus. <laughs> yeah, or the sort of porthole. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, more of a porthole than a than a window, mm. I'd say. Functions like an airlock. Well, I mean, it, it, if you don't have if you don't have cervical incompetency, then yes, it functions like an airlock. C- cervical incompetency. <laughs> Cervical incompetency is one of these is one of these fun things that I've learned about having never heard of it before. Um, I've got an incontinent cervix, Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, I said incontinent by mistake. Incompetent, incompetent cervix is much funnier than incontinent. Incontinent sounds much more medical and logical. Incompetent sounds like you've got a delinquent cervix. Well, it's more that it sounds like you've got a cervix that like never shows up on time. Always forgetting mm. appointments, yeah. claims that they um, claims that they are structurally unable to make appointments, so on and so forth. I introduced cancer to my cervix. It wasn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, no, cervical cervical incompetency. I think I really think they should call it something else because it does sound so it does sound so offensive. It, it does sounds sound like derogatory like, to you, yeah, doesn't it? it? Abso- yeah. Like it absolutely does. And like if you look up anything about it, it says like, remember, this is just a medical term. It doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It's just you know, it's just the medical term. It's like then fucking change it. You're allowed to change it. Mm. You don't have to make it sound sound quite so derogatory. Yeah, mm. it's one of those it's one of those sort of things that. Um, and this is a really really fun thing about. Um, it's a really fun thing about about pregnancy is that you you hear of medical things that can be wrong with you that you have never heard of before, yeah. ever, which is which is really really fun. And one of these things is this thing called called cervical incompetency, which is when your cervix just goes like, "I'm just going to open. Oh. I'm just going to do that. You can't stop me." It's like you literally cannot stop it from doing it. If it's going to, if it if it is going to do it, and there is no way of checking whether or not you are likely to have this condition. There are there are some, there are there are right. Um. So, like one of the things that uh, one of the things that they they can do is they can is they can scan it and measure it. Um, right. And if they scan it and measure it, and it's kind of long enough. Mm then it's likely to be fine. But if it's like really short, then, then you are at risk of cervical incompetency. But mm. how they do this, this is, this is and like this is like this is this is fair warning listener. This is a, this is this is grim. Yeah, you're listening to gynecology hour. You're listening you're to gynecology you're listening yeah. to gynecology hour. Is that in most cases they will only agree to formally diagnose you with this incompetency after what's called a late term loss. Oh, that doesn't sound good. So if you have like two, like two or three of those, then they'll say, yeah, what you've got is, is cervical incompetency. And then you can have this thing. You can either have like a hormonal thing or a stitch. But otherwise, they're just like, you just got to wait. Just got to wait and see if it, if it works properly. Jesus. It's like, it's, what, seriously, is that your, that's your, that's your solution? Yeah, Feminine that's right. healthcare really is great, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's really fun. It's really, yeah. really, it's really, really good. It's really good. Um, top draw stuff. It's absolutely top um, draw stuff. Um, so yeah, do, I can't remember what we're talking. This about. woman is a dermatologist. Why are we talking, why are we talking about Mar- because of Marcia Cross's anal cancer? <laughs> so I see Marcia um, Cross's anal cancer sounds like a fucking uh, punk band. Um, right. So um, yeah. So Jer- so Jerry's go- going on a date with this doctor, and he and he uh, who he's been introduced to by Elaine. Yeah, this is important because it will come up later on. Mm-hmm. And he, um, and he gets very. Uh, well, what would you say that Jerry gets? He gets kind of. He gets a little upset. Seinfeld is getting upset because he feels that she is sticking it to him because she keeps going on about how, you know, about how you don't know what it's like to save a life. And like, in all fairness to 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 Jerry, like it's true he doesn't know what it's like to save a life. But I've got I've got to cri- I've got to criticize Marsha here for her um for her first date chat. This doesn't yeah. feel like good chat to me. Yeah, and also like, you know, she's the kind of doctor where like you wouldn't cuz I mean to, to prefigure what happens basically like Jerry he on the advice of Costanza, he he organizes a a revenge date. Well, no, it's because he doesn't it's because he he comes he comes away he comes away from the date feeling like feeling sort of dispirited and like his job is not mm. good enough and like not like you know he's not he's not good enough because he doesn't yeah. save lives 
And they're all like, but she's a dermatologist. She, she doesn't save lives either. Well, Elaine doesn't um, say that. She just says, oh, well, dermatology is a, is, is a hard job. And then Jerry's like, she was going on about how she saves lives. She doesn't. She's like, she's, like, she, she's, a, you know, she's, an, al- she's an aloe pusher. And then yeah. Costanza persuades Which is, him. That is a pure Phoebe line there. <laughs> what an aloe pusher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of um, get getting into a, a complex fracas with a woman on de- on a date. Very Milo coded. Calling a dermatologist an aloe pusher. Very Phoebe coded. Um, something... Well, I feel I feel like we were both yeah both contributing to Jerry's downfall. In this, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. Ridiculous scenario. Um, sorry, and why why I skipped ahead is because then he he goes back and he 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 sort of puts it to her that she doesn't save lives either. She's a dermatologist. At which point, one of her patients walks in and says, "Thank you for saving my life." And then he goes, oh, I had skin cancer. And he's like, oh, oh skin, skin cancer. cancer. But not before he has called her Pimple Popper MD. But yeah, which is, which is a great line. But even in that case, you don't, if you, you know, if you're a dermatologist and someone has skin cancer, mm-hmm. A, you wouldn't treat that. That would then go to an oncologist, I would have thought. Yeah, but you do diagnose it and you do yeah. do the, um, uh, the, the sectioning and so on um, and so forth. And second of all, even if you were treating it, it's not like... It's not what people mean when they're like saying, se- not in the way that like, you know, if you're a doctor working in like the trauma unit and someone comes in and they're like, you know, b- b- bleeding half to death and you kind of, you, you, you get to save someone's life in like the sort of in the macro sense of like, well, if I and a bunch of other people hadn't intervened, they would have ultimately died. But it's not really like, oh, actually, you saved my life in like an immediate and direct no, this sense. Is, you know what? This is actually not, this is actually not true. This is something that I did not know until quite recently. Mm. But if you have a, um, if you have a kind of fast growing like sarcoma or something of the sort, mm. it can be like, it can be like really, really worryingly quick between noticing that like a mole or a mark or something has like altered in its mm. appearance and it becoming life threatening. Mm. So like actually. Because yeah, skin cancer doesn't get a lot of people. It's, it's generally one of the more benign ones. Again. You would be really, really surprised at how many, uh, how many um, cancer patients who like eventually get like get get got by, by by another part of part of the body, but that it started as skin cancer, which then became very, which then became mm. aggressive and started kind of and started like kind of going sort of going through the body. So that's why it's really, really important to catch potential sarcomas or melanomas it really early. Map. Yeah, that's why that, that's that's why it's really important because like I think with like with the with the sarcoma which is like the like the worst one that mm. can go from uh that can go from like ha huh, that mole looks a bit weird to this is a this is like an emergency this is like an emergency situation mm. in like 6 weeks. Wow. Yeah. But still even even in that case with a with a dermatologist you're not really doing that kind of like very immediate life-saving care in the way you know like when people talk in in a sort of in an idiomatic sense we're talking about a doctor save my life you're picturing like you know poisonous snake bite gunshot wound i, I don't know choking to death on an airplane the asthma I, I don't know like something like where it's like i am about to die a doctor is doing an immediate intervention which is yeah okay no no i could I, I, and i'm I not saying that. that that kind of like more big picture care is not also life-saving because as mm. you rightly point out it is but it's not kind of idiomatically speaking it's not what you're thinking of yeah, when no, it's like, no, no, i no, say no. no no i do see what you mean although having said that i do think that if god forbid i were to get a sarcoma 
I would probably describe the dermatologist who who like mm. biopsied it and identified what it was and referred me to the oncologist. I'd probably describe them as having saved my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I just think, I think if you if are someone, a dermatologist, think if it's someone, quite if, weird if to someone be on a said, date. "Well, they didn't really save your life, did they?" It's not like you had a snake bite. Then I think, <laughs> <laughs> then I, I feel like I feel like they would be being the dickhead and not me. <laughs> no, no. I just think I mean more if you are the dermatologist to be opening up on a first date with like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. save lives is like, no, no, oh, no, I fucking cool. No, you, no. I think like I think this is the thing. Um, I think in this particular episode, Jerry is taking on the Costanza role in that yeah. he's not technically wrong mm. but he handles it like a maniac it's very larry david it's very it's very very larry figuring curb your enthusiasm in a big way well i mean we, we, well, there's quite a lot of that in in, in season nine a kind of again a, a sort of larval st- larval stage curb in situation. fact there's, yeah. a, there's a whole episode of curb about a dermatologist which um, there is yes I think it's, we can safely say it's one of their bugbears, dermatologists, <laughs> yeah, creeping in. They're really not keen. What I want to know is, um, are you familiar with uh, with Pimple Popper MD? Um, Sandra, what's her face? Wait, what? Pimple Popper MD. She's a woman who... She's a real person. She's a, de- she's a dermatologist who mm. um, posts videos on YouTube and Instagram of her gouging, popping... Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the genre of video. There's a guy I was at Cambridge with who has a medical degree mm. who now he's like a dermatologist, but he does a he has a TikTok where he reviews spot popping videos and comments on whether they're doing it in a medically safe way. And this came up on my feed and I was like, oh, that's what you're up to now, is it, mate? <laughs> well, I see. I respect it. I am. Yeah. I, I love particularly the blackhead blackhead videos the content mill comes for us all i I thought if you had a medical degree from cambridge you were safe from having to do content but apparently not Unfortunately, no it comes it comes for us it comes for us a medical doctor a medical doctor that's (laughs) that's right um well you know i mean it's not as undignified as the as the as the tiktok as the tiktok dances in the hospital corridor no he's not in the family spell igh no, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so she she also does really good ingrown hairs. And I really, oh, really yeah. love an ingrown hair video. Because lo- like, the thing about an ingrown hair is that it's not as like, there's not, there's not the kind of the, the kind of the visceral primal disgust of the, of the blackhead or the, or yeah. the spot. Because there's no pus. The, of the ooze, yeah. Yeah, there's no kind of like, there's no kind of yeah. like sort of bodily sort of, sort of you know, yeah. you're not You're not Kim Jong-il looking at goo coming out of a pipe in quite the same way. No, there's not a kind of, well, there's not a kind of sort of, sort of waste sort of waste product. But also like a mm. really, really good, uh, like a really good ingrown hair. It's like, you can just like see it just like under the skin. And then... Mm. Like when, like when they get it out, it kind of unfurls like a kind of like Ooh. a mighty dragon, and it's yeah, it's just it's just really really good. Um, and she does it with these special like hook mighty tweezers, dragon. like a mighty dragon. That's right. Um, and she does it with these like yeah, these kind of like really cool like kind of hook tweezers, and she's got a kind of, kind of gouging thing. And what I want to know is whether or not she got her that she got her name from this episode of Seinfeld. Mm, yeah, maybe. That's what I would like to know because 
Mm. It's so specific. <laughs> so if you a, are Mrs. Pimple Popper MD, do write in. Uh, Dr. Pimple Popper MD, I think you'll find. Give her, her give her her correct title. Yeah. Sorry, that was medical sexism from me. It was indeed it was indeed a little bit of little bit of medical sexism because uh, Milo temporarily forgot what show he was on. Yeah. Well, the, I always Not find it funny that they are now, my friend. I feel like though you can either call yourself doctor or MD. Doing both is overkill. It's a bit, it's a bit German, isn't it? Yeah, and doctor, well, it's so, it's so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, the Americans are Germans, as we know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> correct. I do find it like you know, it doctor people are in that context. People are assuming you don't mean doctor of philosophy. Mm. Um. And so, therefore, the MD is, or if you yeah. want to be clear, just use doctor for PhD. But then they do that as well. Then they put PhD at the end of things as well. Maybe she is. A, maybe she is a PhD. Maybe she's just an enthusiastic yeah. amateur with the squeezing. If you, the only time I will accept it is if you've got both. So if you're like doctor so and so, and then you, and then you've actually got both, but you don't want to put say doctor twice because that's insane. You could say doctor, doctor pimple popper, MD, PhD. I will accept that. Well, I can't remember the I can't remember the exact um, the exact formulation, but but in in Germany, um, mm. if you're just doctor, then mm. that's like not as that's not as good. Um, oh yeah, because there's like a kind of turbo PhD you can yeah, get. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like doing a postdoc. It's it's like it's something different, and it's what you're like. It's like well, it's like it's not dissimilar from like the like the kind of the MA oxen really that like you're supposed to do this kind of like extra kind of add-on bit and then you get the and then you get the kind of the proper distinguished title which is it's it's like it's either like professor like like professor doctor or doctor professor or like or something or something like it or it's it's not quite hair doctor but it it, it's it's close it's it's close to being hair doctor it's a great. You become hair's a great crown, Pagliacci, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And when I when I was uh, when I when I was studying, one of our one of our tutors, who was um, who was who was German, um, was constantly slagging off one of the other tutors because he yeah. was just doctor and he wasn't professor doctor Perfect. or hair doctor or doctor hair or whatever it's whatever it's supposed to be. Doctor like, Blobby. But, but no, but nobody, but nobody in the department really understood. His little like jibes at him, so he'd be so, so he'd sort of say, "Oh, so is a uh, is doctor joining us?" <laughs> and we were all like, "This is, it's we don't we don't get it. We don't get what's so funny about the fact that he only is doctor." As we are not to... German. <laughs> yeah, it was well, this one weird trick. Well, preci- well, precisely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you so, just sat there and being like, "I'm very much not German," and there's actually yeah. some interesting historical reasons behind that. <laughs> Except I am now. So well, actually, yeah, now legally, <laughs> so you yeah, are. yeah, legally, yeah, legally, I am Professor Doctor Phoebe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, I am Frau Doctor. <laughs> that's how it is. That's how it <laughs> that works. Is, that is um, how that is how so, it works. So yeah, to so, rattle so, through the rest. Yeah, of so, yeah so yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. So um, so so so, so Jerry. Goes on this revenge date, and she get, and she's not she's not happy about being called Pimple Popper MD. No, as you wouldn't be. As be as, as as you wouldn't be, and um again like because it is her first date chat because you don't mm. talk smugly about your work on a first date. Of course you no. don't, because that's just obnoxious. It's just not like I know like I know she's hot, so she probably thinks she doesn't have to try so hard. But like, 
Come on, come on, come on, come on, Brie. Yeah. Let's you know let 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 let's sort it out. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's rattle through the rest of the. So how yeah. does that? So how does that connect with Costanza's storyline? Um. So yeah, basically, Costanza uh, decides that he needs to get a photo of his boss shirtless. And he hears about how Elaine met this pimple popper MD, which is because she was doing a kind of preventative skin cancer screening at their office where she came and checked everyone over. And so he's like, great, I'll just organize the same thing at my office and then I'll get a picture of him while he's got his shirt off. Yeah. And then so he sends Jerry back to apologize to her and try and get her to do this. And she's like, I will do it because I'm a doctor and that's the sort of thing that I do. But uh, I will also. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. But um, you and I are not going to be dating. Yeah. In the and so then, we, you know, there ends up being a sort of showdown at at Kruger's office. George successfully gets the photo, replaces it, um, and then he has a confrontation with Kruger where he reveals that he was the man in the photo, and he he tells him everything he's done, like replaced it, edited it, and so on. And then Kruger just kind of doesn't care, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, this guy really is chilled out." But the re- but the reason that 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 this um this confrontation happens is that. And we'll go. We'll come back because we've got to do Kramer Elaine storylines as we well. Have, yeah. Uh, the reason why it's called the slicer. It's a nice, nice, nice bumper length episode. This one here, <laughs> really, you're really getting yeah, it. Yeah. Really getting your money's worth. Um, Kramer poses as the Doctor because um, I can't remember how uh, how Bree gets. Um, mm. We should probably call her by her by the name in the episode as opposed to her desperate housewife's name. But you know, yeah, there you go. Sephiritis, I think. Very, it's a very Greek ass name. I'll say okay, that. Okay. Okay. Um, the doctor, the the the, the, the pimple popper. Uh, she get she gets pissed off and she says, "You know what? I'm not I'm not doing this. I can't I can't get involved. I can't get involved in this." So Kramer poses at the doctor poses as the doctor. Mm. Um, he sees something on Kruger's on on Kruger's torso, which he is convinced is is something to is something to really worry about, and mm. he says that as a doctor he can't. <laughs> He can't bring himself not to, yeah, uh, not to tell him to kind of to to get to get a second. And so opinion. George tells him that he should go and get another opinion yeah, from another exactly. doctor. From and another he's doctor, like, but and he this, says, no, this no, no, is fine. fine. Look, it's exactly the same in this picture from ten years ago. Um, and Costanza, and Costanza says is sort of thinking oh god no 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 because this is a picture that was taken very recently so that's why he so that's why he's not worried about worried about this mole which is clearly a very kind of dangerous mole and then kruger says yeah it's really funny actually uh there was this like weird guy at the beach at the beach on that day and so when he was in the water me and my sons took all his stuff and threw it in the sea mm. um so you find out that uh costanza was actually correct and he was right to throw that well not maybe, maybe not right specifically to throw the boom boo box into the sea no, but i say right i think right yeah fine this is a pro costanza pod uh so he um so he says so he because because the, because costanza's fatal flaw is that if he has a chance to to get some kind mm. of to get some, some kind of redemption out of a situation he will um he will do something against, like specifically against his own interest, if he can get the last laugh. And he says, "Well, guess what? That is me." And I broke into your office and uh, and yeah. had you removed and had you removed and then had you put back with a recent picture, which I got under false pretenses. And then Kruger says, "God, you lost a lot of hair." Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, so, so so Kramer manages to get a section of 
the mole using his meat slicer. So we go back to the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Meanwhile, Elaine and, Cra- and Kramer's plotline is a silly fun one. Elaine's neighbour is away. Their fire alarm's been going off. So she gets Kramer to come and shut off the power to their apartment. But it also shuts off the cat's automatic feeder. So the cat starts meowing. And Kramer has gone really into meat slicing. He's bought a professional meat slicer. Because he so hasn't she... had a good sandwich in 13 years. Yeah. And so she uses his meat slicer to slice meats thinly and slide them under the door to the cat. This is very Phoebe coded. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then while, while she, she also becomes obsessed with the meat slicer and she tries to use it to shake. She's using it to like open letters and stuff. Um, and then she tries to use it to shave down a heel on her shoe to even the map and uh, gets it all all jammed up. And so Kramer is upset. Oh, I remember how Jerry manages to annoy the doctor. It's because he has a hive reaction to the metal cleaner from the from the meat, meat slicer. slicer. And Kramer convinces him that it's that the doctor has poisoned him somehow, doing reverse <laughs> yeah. dermatology. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is the thing. You're like, if you're a, if you're a dermatologist, you should be allowed to give every I don't know fifteenth person a rash. Well, that's called drumming up business. Exactly. At the end of the day, exactly. You got to, you got to, you got to have some sources for your eye. And yeah. uh, uh, the reason that the reason that Kramer that Kramer is uh, successfully mistaken for a doctor is because he's wearing this white coat, which is this mm. kind of butcher's apron. And yeah. Jerry and Jerry says to him, "Why have you got this butcher's apron?" And Kramer says, "You buy enough meat, they'll give you anything you want," which I think is a wonderful line. A beautiful line. Um, but yeah, that has been an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. It's a good episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. And thank you for listening to this. Um, this uh, is a free one, I believe. So um, yeah, that sounds uh, right. We were going to have a guest, um, but there was a there was a force a force majeure situation, and so uh, she will be joining us subsequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, thank you very much for listening. There is a Patreon. You can subscribe to it for three dollars a month. You get the regular bonus episodes. For $5 a month, you get Discord and Movie Corner as well. For $10 a month, you get all of that good stuff and also the What's the Deal miniseries, which we recorded earlier today. And if you're wondering what that joke was about Phoebe's dad's Edam Slicer, well, you're going <laughs> to have to subscribe <laughs> to the $10 tier. That's right. Um, thank you very much. Please come and see me on tour. Um, any, name a fucking place in the world. I'm probably there. Dates are on my website. Um, thanks very much. Cheers. Bye-bye.